Hello, podcasters, and welcome back to another episode of Improper Mimi, where we talk about empowering women at home, work, and play. And if you're caught up on some of our last episodes, you know we've been talking about getting ready for our hot girl summer or our warm girl summer, or even traveling, biking, and exercising with friends. Some of us are ready for it, gung-ho, can't wait. But there are a lot of us who also have some anxiety about going back to the office or about traveling. So we thought that we would bring back our friend, our awesome therapist, Esther Boykin. And Esther, why don't we start off by, you know, you also reintroducing yourself to everyone. Esther's been on with us a couple of times before. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and listen to them. But um, Esther, just tell us about, you know, what you do and, you know, kind of who you are. I'm Esther. I'm a therapist. Um, I want to give this short version because, you know, this is not my first time here. And you really, if you haven't listened to the other episodes, you should go back because it's always fun. But yeah, so I am a marriage and family therapist, which basically just means that I specialize in relationships. So it doesn't mean I only see couples or I only see families. I just help people kind of explore their relationship to themselves, to the world, and obviously to other people. I run a private practice in the DC metro area. So we've got offices in DC and Virginia called Group mm-hmm. Therapy Associates. And I always like to joke, I am Jamaican. So like, really, there's like a dozen <laughs> jobs at all times. Um, I'm living out the stereotype. But uh, the other thing, main thing that I will mention is I, I do have, there's sort of a sister division to my private practice called Therapy is mm-hmm. Not a Dirty Word. And I, this is actually perfect uh, time for us to talk about it because we are just beginning to think about going back to doing some in-person events. A lot of what we oh, did yeah. with therapy is not a dirty word were happy hours and dinners and retreats. And obviously for the last, you know, year, year and a half, <laughs> we haven't been doing any of that. So yeah. we are, I'm actually very much talking a lot about some people are excited and ready and some people are anxious, even in my own office. So here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's kind of crazy because I've even gone back to my office a couple of times and some people are masked and some people are not masked. And I'm like, hmm, is there a procedure to this? Because I know a few months ago you had to have your mask on, whether you were in a conference room or whether you're at your desk. And then now it's like, oh yeah, it's a free for all, you know, like whatever makes you feel comfortable. (laughs) I think that's such a good point because I think that's part of, in the same ways that that was part of what made us all super anxious at the beginning of this, I think that's part of what really fuels some of the anxiety for people. I mean, it's not, it's one of many things is the lack of clarity, right? Mm So I'm I'm vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask in some places, but maybe in other places. And then you get into, I think, particularly in workplaces where it's like, seen a lot of places where the policy is like, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask, but also Mm -hmm. we can't ask if you're vaccinated, right? Or your colleagues can't ask if you're vaccinated. And so I think for, there's a lot of just kind of, it does feel like a free for all. And that of course makes Mm -hmm. us really anxious. We've spent almost a year and a half saying, you know, all of these things are really important to keeping not only ourselves safe and healthy, but like our, the larger community. And now it's like, fine. (laughs) yeah and then you know it's it's almost as if the the mask shame you know or like 
who, who, like, if I'm around you and you don't have a mask, okay, cool, you're comfortable, I'm comfortable. Or then we're around someone who's like really gun home, mask every time, everywhere. You're like, okay, I may not feel the same way, but, you know, out of respect or out of, you know, just, you know, making you feel comfortable. Yeah, sure, I'll put my mask on, you know. So we're both in the break room with our masks on. I'm okay with that, you know, mm-hmm. I could go either way. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's another opportunity for us to like also think about how we feel and get more and practice setting boundaries and also respecting other people's boundaries. Because I do, I have seen and have talked with people where they do feel a little bit of like mask shame in terms of, you know, people who are still wearing their masks and people make assumptions about whether that means you've been vaccinated or like what you, what your beliefs are um, about the pandemic. And it's like, these are very personal decisions, right? Like, that impact people's health. You don't know what their health situation is or what decisions they've made about vaccines or not vaccines, but you also don't know who they go home to, who they take care of, what their anxiety level is. And so I think getting back to practicing, how do we, as you said, respect other people's boundaries, right? Like I think the mask is a clear indicator of like, okay, this is where you're comfortable. So I'm not gonna like, I don't know, try to bear hug you with no mask on. Like you've made it it's clear. <laughs> I didn't want bear mask. hugs before the pandemic. So if I don't <laughs> yeah. know you, that don't mean you could touch me. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I think when people are not good at sort of reading the cues, it's for all of us to also practice mm-hmm. that. I have to feel into what makes me comfortable and then say it. I have to say like, Hey, you know, and yeah. I, I really, as an example of it going both ways is, I went to the gym this morning, which I got to go, mm-hmm. you know, I go down the elevator or whatever in my building and I forgot my mask, but it was early. And so like, oh, yeah. I didn't see any other people. There was no people in the elevator. There's no people, but then I was in the gym and there was someone else and they had their mask on oh, yeah. having that feeling of like being uncomfortable, but kind of making myself say to this stranger, like, Hey, I forgot mine. I recognized like we're working on on opposite sides of the gym, but like, is that comfortable for you? Yeah. Because I can always go back. And, you know, I don't know that I would have asked that question about something else a few years ago, even as a therapist, right? right? Like I wasn't always checking in on people's boundaries, but I think it's important now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a really, really good example because like, that was so nice of you to even check with them. <laughs> some of us might be like "Mm, I forgot my mask I'm not going back but you're like oh well like are you okay with that are we cool we cool and and I think speaking about those boundaries is so important too and I know we've talked about that before like how are people going to respect your boundaries if you're not speaking up if you're not talking about your boundaries right and even if you didn't say anything you know that person could also if they didn't feel comfortable they could say, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I really don't feel comfortable that you're not wearing a mask. And then that would be their decision. Right. Like either you could respect their boundary or they could come back again later, even though they were there first. So <laughs> but if someone said that, you, you would sort of, again, sort of basic social yeah. kind of <laughs> rules be like, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. We're not yeah, totally barbarian here. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that learning how to articulate our boundaries and practicing that is really important because. And I think that's part of what fuels whatever judgments that people are making in their head is yeah. about what people are doing, partially because you are not articulating to the people around you how you feel about certain mm-hmm. things. 
and giving them an opportunity to be responsive to that. Yeah, yeah. Now, what are some like recommendations of like how can people, you know, like if they're feeling anxious about some of these social mm-hmm. events of cookouts in the summertime now, right. you know, going to people's houses or traveling, like how can you express or how can you like control some of these anxious feelings that we have? So, I mean, I'm going to give the most therapist answer ever, right? Like the best thing is to just feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. I mean, on some level, mm-hmm. it's going to always be the answer when we're particularly with discomfort is our tendency is to ignore it, sort of try to talk ourselves out of mm-hmm. it. Sometimes we shame other people into like behaving in ways that are designed to reduce our own anxiety. But a lot of times it's first just being with it, like just notice it. It's okay if if everybody else in your friend group is super excited to be flying to Miami mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't want to be on a plane, nor do I want to be in Miami. <laughs> all, yeah, right. All unmasked <laughs> and all over the place it's okay. You don't have to like, just like everything else in life, we don't have to feel like other people, but it is important to like honor your own experience. So I think starting there is really helpful because if you're not noticing it and kind of claiming it, then you can't work on it, right? Like you can't have then strategies for your anxiety if you're trying to pretend like you're not anxious (laughs) or being like, I'm just going to get over it. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So that's a big thing to take note of, you know, everyone to know when you are anxious, like, are you just feeling kind of bitchy one day? Or is there like a reason? Like, do you feel like, huh, maybe I'm anxious, or maybe I'm feeling unsure about this activity, but because I'm forcing myself to do it, then my attitude is kind of like not with it because I'm going against the grain of my feelings inside. Yeah. I think that's such a, I think that's such an important point is, you know, too often, and I think, especially as women, especially as black women, we are almost mm-hmm. socialized sort of taught to ignore our own inner knowing, right? Like there's so many invalidating mm-hmm. messages. Like you feel a particular way. And then people are like, no, you're fine. You can do it. Or like, that's not really <laughs> happening kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or this is what you're supposed to do that we get in a habit of tuning out that inner like intuition, but that's the most important voice for you to listen to and to like actually allow that voice to take center stage. And then you decide what to do. It's Mm -hmm. not just like, okay, well, I'm going to own my anxiety and therefore I'm locking myself in the house for six more months. It's own the feelings. (laughs) (laughs) And then say, what do I want to do about this? Maybe the idea of travel makes you really, really anxious but you also would like Mm -hmm. to be out there. Right. And now then you can kind of, okay, how do I navigate being able to do the thing I want to do while like genuinely honoring my emotional experience. And so, and that can be talking to your therapist because you know, I'm always going to be an advocate for that. Mm -hmm. It could be journaling. It can be talking to the people around you. Right. And sometimes just saying it out loud. I'm super anxious about getting on this flight. Like I know Mm -hmm. safer or I'm vaccinated or, you know, whatever factors, and still, like, I feel really, really scared. Um, it gives people yeah. who care about you an opportunity to, like, validate and support you. It also gives you an opportunity to feel, like, normalized. Too often we keep that stuff in our head and we think everyone else is super excited. And then you say that loud and you realize, no, like, 75% of the people around you feel just like you do. Whether or not it's, maybe it's right. not for them, maybe it's not travel, maybe it's going to parties or, you know, whatever it is. But most people are having yeah. some variation of what you're experiencing too. 
Yeah. Like I miss dancing so much, mm-hmm. you know, like, yes, I've been having dance parties in my living room, but it's not yes. cutting it. I, I miss being out interacting with people, you know, having a nice wine yes. down or something, you know, <laughs> but, you know, can you, can you imagine like going out with your girls or going out with your friends and them still having the expectations of, oh yeah, we're going to like really wild out like how we used to. But, you know, for me personally, I'm on a whole different level now where like, yeah, I want to go out. I want to dance. I want to be out at a block party mm-hmm. in Brooklyn and a whole bunch of people. But then again, I saw the last photos from the block party and nobody was wearing their mask. And I know not everyone here is vaccinated. So then it's kind of like setting that expectations. But like, yeah, 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 let's go. But I'm going to hang out on the outskirts where I can still feel the bump of the music and, you know, maybe I'm just watching yeah. people dancing and doing my own little not stuff. All the way here. inside, inside, though. <laughs> I'm not going to be in the pit dancing, doing all my house moves and everything with everyone around me with or without a mask. I'm like, mm, no, no, I'm not going to do that. Now. I'm not going to do that right now. Not just yet. Right now. <laughs> exactly. You know, like I am still as hot and humid as it is, you know, I'm still very much like, mm. I enjoy a good outdoor. I mean, I've always enjoyed a good like rooftop patio dinner anyway, but I'm like, I really yes. prefer to be outside if I can be outside. Just everybody mm-hmm. closer now. And and it is, and I do. I'm like, I feel like you do. I miss, I miss big parties. I miss dancing. I miss, you know, yeah. we miss a lot of things, but again, navigating and that kind of, it makes me think of so my favorite analogy that I've been really talking a lot about, like everywhere these days is sort of, being like a bear. A bear, be a bear. Yes. <laughs> and because I am super nerd, like I had this analogy of like, oh, you know, coming out of this quarantine, coming out of this period, right, is a little like coming out of hibernation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a nerd who decided to like actually research bears coming out of hibernation, just to be sure that my analogy like really worked. <laughs> That's great. But, yeah. Yeah. But as it turns out, it's an even better analogy than I thought, right? So like bears, in my mind, bears just, it's spring, they come out, right? Like there's some sort of internal clock or whatever. And they just, but actually for a lot of bears, they, they come out of hibernation. They come out of their den and they sort of test the waters as it were, right? Like they come out and kind of get a sense of, is there enough food supply? What's the temperature out here? Like, are there other bears coming out of hibernation? And sometimes they're out for a little bit and they go back. And they're like, nah, not today. This nice. isn't it. We're, I tried it. <laughs> this doesn't, we're not quite mm-hmm. there yet. I'm not quite ready. And they go back. And I think oftentimes yeah. as people, we feel like everything is very black and white, right? So like, you're like, I'm ready to be back dancing. And that means you got to go to every block party. You got to be in the mix. You got to do it the way you used to do it. Versus like, maybe yeah. you're going to go and you go to a block party. And as you said, right, you're going to be on kind of the outskirts. And even after that experience, mm-hmm. maybe you do that three or four weekends in a row. And then you're like, you know what? That's actually increasing my anxiety. Like as fun as it is, <laughs> it still feels like too mm-hmm. much, right? I'm not ready to be around so many people or, you know, whatever it is. I miss actually dancing in my living room and then going to bed early, whatever. <laughs> but that you can- My own wine, just right out the bottle, oh, dancing. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to really get dressed. There's a lot, there's some benefits. But that mm-hmm. you can go- you can put yourself out there and then you can kind of reel yourself yeah. back in and that's okay. You don't have, just because you did it 
you know, you spent maybe mm-hmm. all of June out partying doesn't mean that in July, you got to do the same thing. If you can have a weekend and then yeah. say, you know what, that's a little too much for me. I'm going to make some adjustments and yeah. do it differently. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can adjust that mm-hmm. dial. And I like that, you know, it's like, I love it. Baby steps. The bear kind of comes out, you know, test the weather, test the forest, you know, see who else is hanging out, you know, are the chipmunks here yet. Yes. No, right. no. <laughs> and you might want to just go back and take another little hibernation nap until you're ready, or maybe you are ready yeah. to start going to all the different activities that you're interested in. I think it's really good. The yeah. other, just to like, you know, go all the way down my bear rabbit hole. <laughs> is a very mixed analogy. Ah. Bear. <laughs> with the bears, the other thing that I learned, so certain species of bears actually give birth in hibernation. What? Well, yeah, like like they go and they sleep, their body just, they, they yeah. During hibernation. They're not like asleep, asleep <laughs> the whole time, but, but yeah, yeah. they give birth. And so mm-hmm. coming out of hibernation also has to involve being mindful of the cubs they gave mm. birth to. And I think it's a good metaphor for all of us as we're kind of moving out of our own hibernation is to recognize you've given birth yeah. to something. I mean, some people have given birth to like actual humans, but I'm thinking, <laughs> COVID I'm thinking babies, yes. right? Like different <laughs> ways of self-care, different kinds, maybe different yeah. relationships with other people, like deepening some or some, you know, relationships kind of fell off or whatever that is. Um, you, Means, mm. new pace of life, we've all kind of developed some new things. And I think it's important to consider that as you're also kind of, quote unquote, going back to real life or the outside world is yeah. how do you carry that forward? There are things that you learned about yourself or things, habits or hobbies you've developed. How do you take care of those to make sure that those come with you as we right. like emerge from this whole quarantine period? Yeah. I remember one of the questions I would ask people just about every time, like last year doing all the podcast episodes, I would ask everyone, what is something that you started doing during COVID that you're going to mm-hmm. continue to do? And I think that now that we're in the next year, now we're in 2021, that we can either continue to do those things as we said we would, or don't be so hard on yourself. Like life is about changes. Yeah. So what you were doing during COVID you don't have to stick to that regiment now. I mean, a lot of it were, were good, positive things or changes in our lives that, you know, I actually like this about myself. I love doing puzzles. I'm going to continue doing puzzles throughout this year and the following year too, to just help decompress. But when we're deciding, okay, how am I going to start going back into these real life situations and now maybe meeting my friend's friend. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You weren't in my COVID circle of right. my little bubble of trust. So now we're adding more people to our bubble of trust that, okay, your lifestyle is cool. I know you're not out here a while and I feel safe around my friend and my friend's bringing you. So, uh, okay, I feel safe around mm-hmm. you too. Don't be, don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. You know, like take those, you know, measures that make you feel comfortable. Don't feel obligated, you know, like, I have a couple weddings to go to, you know, some of them are travel and some of them are local. And I'm like this, you know, this crew. Yes. Yeah. I will travel to that wedding. It's a small number. I feel good Mm -hmm. about that one. This one might be too much of a, you know, South beach kind of flair. (laughs) Like, nah, nah, you know, you just want outskirts (laughs) of Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to Miami, but I'll do outskirts of Miami. (laughs) 
Opalaka or like Fort Lauderdale or something like that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, my goodness. I love that. I mean, I, I'm always going to be an advocate for being gentle with ourselves. And, and I think yeah. not everybody, but I think for a lot of people, there was the opportunity to be a little bit more self-reflective in, in the midst of mm-hmm. all the things we couldn't control over the last year. I think it also helps us to reconnect to the ways in which we do have control over our lives, right? Like the ways we take care right. of ourselves, our yeah. choices around who we spend time with, what those relationships look like. I think mm-hmm. carrying that piece forward, right? Like still being curious about like, well, what works for me? Like what you needed in the middle of pandemic to make sure you felt okay. <laughs> Hopefully things are changing enough that you don't, maybe you don't need all of that or maybe you need to do it in a different way. Yeah. Like maybe you needed a lot mm-hmm. more sleep because it was just too much. And then maybe you don't yeah. anymore. Maybe instead of that much sleep, you go back to doing like, group exercise class, you know, some other thing that also took care of you, yeah. that takes care of, you know, yourself, your body, your, your emotional well-being. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that self-care, you know, thinking about emotional well-being, like even just the other day, we were talking about mental health and sports yeah. with Naomi um, Osaka and what she's going through and pushing back on like the interviews, like, nah, I'm not going to subject myself mm-hmm. to this type of detriment to my health, yeah. like to this type of requirements. But I like, guess I know what's required of me to do my job, but actually that's not something of, that I'm going to submit myself to. And if we can't work it out, then I'll just remove myself from it. Yeah. I, that, I, that was like, powerful. it really was like, it, it just, it opened up a lot of conversations. Right. I mean, I think it, it opened mm-hmm. up for me, like a lot of discussion around the ways in which we perceive things like depression and anxiety. I think a lot of times mm-hmm. we assume that people who experience, particularly with anxiety, like that they're going to be jittery, that they can't be successful. Yeah. Most of the clients I work with who have pretty significant anxiety are at the top of their game. They are executives. Mm-hmm. They are award-winning creatives. They like mm-hmm. part of channeling a lot of anxious energy is about being very perfectionistic and working all the time. It's a way to channel it. And so yeah. like, even that, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> like you work really hard because it gives you a place for that. It's a lot of work to come back to yourself to say like, there's a better way to take care of myself mm. and how mm-hmm. other people's perceptions really bump up against us as much as we talk about it, right? I think we've, over the last few years, we've given a lot of lip service to self-care and mental health is important. And I feel like her situation Mm -hmm. was such a reminder that while we talk a good game collectively as a society, we don't actually back up those words in a really consistent way, especially not in professional settings. Yeah. Like how many of us would have done that, would have said, oh man, you know, I, I really am having some like feelings here about doing this meeting or presentation or what they're asking me to do and what they're asking me to say. Oh, you want me to change my words in this presentation? I'm like, oh, but that's kind of misleading. So it's like, how many of us would really push back and say, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm going to prioritize myself and my health. And I don't think that you can force me to do this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, we talk a good game, but it's putting action to it. And and then supporting other people that we see who are doing it. Yeah. And, and a reminder too, like you said, like not only how many of us 
kind of will find the courage to actually speak up and say those things. But then I start to think about like how many other young black women are in a position in their lives where even if they found the courage to speak up, if they got pushback from their employer would be Mm -hmm. able to say, well, then I I need to find another job or I'm going to remove myself from this project. Right. Like that, Mm -hmm. that intersection of sort of being this, I don't even want to say disadvantaged, but like oppressed and marginalized in a systemic way really does eliminate a lot of privilege around if you, if you're worried about your ability to take, pay your bills or Mm -hmm. leave this job and find another job, like because of these other factors, like that becomes this other layer of not just how do I find the inner strength and courage to speak up for myself, but also in a practical way, can I afford to do that? Right. Collectively, I always feel like we need to make much more efforts around. It's important when you're in a position of leadership to make sure that what you right. say you value is actually backed up in actions and the way you treat, you know, the people who work for you or with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, leading by example, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is a real thing. Yeah. People are watching. Right. <laughs> and even our families and kids are watching you. Like, my um, niece this past week, I was working with, from home with a family up mm-hmm. in Boston. And she was like asking me like, Auntie Mimi, what do you do? What do you do? And I'm like telling her and she's like, yeah, I don't think I want your job because like you're always in meetings. You're always working. And I, she's like, can we do this? I'm like, no, Mimi's still working. And she's like, uh, yeah, I don't want your job. This terrible. <laughs> yeah. So these are things that, and it just brought me flashbacks to like when my daughter was younger and she would say to me, you're always working. And I'm like, yeah, the point shouldn't be like to work so hard or try to be perfect for everything. So it's just like a good reminder to myself, like, okay, let's pull back a little bit because we're starting to get on edge here of like being too much of a workaholic. Like we kind of like, yeah. you need, need to pull it back a bit. And I can tell, and I can feel when I'm getting stressed mm-hmm. and like when I'm trying to do too many things at the same time. And I'm like, okay, time to like regroup. Like you say, get that therapy session, like hooked up, let's, let's think about this. Let's talk about this and, you know, make some changes in my life. So I I listen to the kids. I can recognize, you know, when the kids have something to say, it is a reflection. It it is a good reminder of like things that we're going. Yeah, no, it really Um, is. I, it's funny you're talking about it because my daughter just graduated. And so we've had a lot of talks about like career and jobs and all of those kinds of things. And she's definitely given me Mm. not always in a welcome format, but she's given me a lot of feedback on, but it, it also helps me to reflect on, you know, being able to talk about when my work is about sort of being a little bit of a workaholic, right? Like avoiding my feelings yeah. or pushing past things or pushing myself from a very perfectionistic kind of standpoint and the ways in which I'm lucky enough to do work that feels particularly fulfilling to me. So I'm always going to work more than mm-hmm. the average person. Because I really enjoy, yeah, yeah like I love it. it. I love what I do. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's helped me to also find that nuance and then to talk about that. How do those things are different? Like, how do I know that they're different? Yeah. Helps me, but, and hopefully is also helpful to her as she kind of begins mm-hmm. her own like professional journey of checking in around. Yeah. Because I love it doesn't always mean that it's the ways in which I'm working are good for me. Um, and just because it looks really busy to other people doesn't always mean that it's not good for me. Right, right. We kind of have to 
to know ourselves and to set those boundaries ourselves and and know our little triggers too of what's going to set us off and oh you gotta love the 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 kids they're such a good mirror of reflection so as we're giving them advice you know we're really kind of like getting advice from them like oh yes that's right I said that but I'm doing this thanks for reminding me but don't talk back (laughs) tell me that you're reminding me but I got it I, I see the reminder okay thanks yeah (laughs) oh goodness well Esther I mean thank you so much for coming and speaking with us today I mean as always we talked on so many different great topics and you know I really want to get our listeners engaged and have them chime in and let us know also how they deal with anxiety of going back into the workplace or going back to parties because you know I used to just like pick out who I'm going to dance with and just go on over there and dance with them but now I may be like, mm-hmm, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to chill a little bit and just enjoy the music. It's all about the music. I just want the vibes of the music. But yeah, let everybody know where they can find you so they can keep getting more great advice. Absolutely. From so you can find me basically everywhere on social media, although I am most active on Instagram. So like if you're trying to get me to respond to you, mm-hmm. find me on Instagram first um, at <laughs> Esther B M F T. Every Friday, I do an Instagram live with my good friend. We do live with E&E, my good friend, Erica, who's also a therapist. So if you ever have other Mm -hmm. questions, pop on. You can ask us whatever. We're always rambling on about therapy and relationships Mm -hmm. and all kinds of stuff. And then, um, yeah, if you're interested in any of our, as we're moving back to having events and therapy, well, therapy's been happening this whole time. Uh, you can visit, uh, the, probably the easiest place to start is estherboykin.com. From there, you can find links to Therapy is Not a Dirty Word, as well as my private practice and lots of information about working with me, working with my colleagues, and, and just kind of hopefully all the various resources you might need. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you, because you are a great resource. And everyone, take her up on her offer. She's very busy, but if you peep into the Friday, you know, time with E&E, then you can get your question in, put your question in up there on IG and like getting a response to what you're talking about or what you're feeling or what you're thinking. So, <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Improper Mimi, you know, where we empower women and men too, people who support all the black women in your life as we deal with things that we come across at home, work, and play. So just be sure to keep telling your stories because it all helps each other as we go along. Be sure to reach out to Improper Meaning. Thanks. Bye. Ciao.